recorded live from the Metallica Roadie Tour Bus, it's the Photo Happy Hour Podcast. Hey, and welcome everybody. I'm your Photo Happy Hour bartender, Michael Mowbray, and I've got a bottle of Mad Dog 2020 that I'm passing around in a paper bag, so take a swig and pass it on down. What are you <laughs> drinking, Dan? <laughs> well, you know, if... if Mad Dog all warned us, you know, years ago that 2020 is going to be something. So that, that's appropriate. But yeah. yeah, I'm sticking with the mojitos. I did uh, mix it up a little bit. I got even more uh, summery. Was that strawberry in there? Raspberry. Raspberry, oh, raspberry. raspberry mojito. Yes. Yeah, I've done did those. you slap the mint? Oh, yeah, I slapped them in. Right. I didn't slap the raspberries, though. That gets a little messy. <laughs> you got to come and slap my mint because it's about like four feet tall right now. <laughs> I got to make some mojitos soon. Yes, you got you to gotta get the machete out, harvest that sucker. There you go. Well, I was telling Dan, I, I was at the farmer's market this weekend, and um, I saw it was pretty sparse, actually. <laughs> Welcome to COVID, right? But uh, somebody had a planter there, with, and I saw mint. I thought... Oh, cool! A mint plant. I got, but it says it's a chocolate mint. Chocolate uh, mint. Yeah, yeah that's what like I, Andy's that candies, kind of. Well, that's what I. I mean, thought, that's where they know. grow them. It could be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have rectangular leaves. It's not the leaves. It's the it's in the roots. You, see, you, gotta, you gotta yank them oh, up. But, like potatoes. Ooh. Yeah, taters, <laughs> taters. <laughs> but apparently, according to Dan, our our trusty professional bartender um chocolate mint is not the mint we use for mojitos right correct i believe that's used for dessert entrees so Uh, you want a they actually make a mojito mint there's mm -hmm. a spearmint which can work too and that leaf is a little thinner and lighter but the mojito mint leaf is is pretty thick it is thick because that's what we planted yeah 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 so you know we have a whole bunch of wintergreen growing around here <laughs> i wonder if wintergreen would work for a mojito you can really yeah. taste you can try it if it sucks you just drink it anyway that's right because <laughs> you know, who cares like, like like everything else <laughs> yeah, exactly oh this and wine's kind of bad but i think i'm just gonna just drink it <laughs> i actually have wine today yeah you too the have first wine. time in our good. podcast history yeah it's a hunter from um the rock and wool uh, winery right down by you, Michael, right down outside of Point Out there. Oh, that's right. I'm drinking a Cabernet Franc from Lodi, Lodi, California, mm. not Lodi, Wisconsin, which oh, is okay. really <laughs> close <laughs> to Point Out, which is kind of weird. Yeah, it would be weird. <laughs> so every week we've got a uh, we've got a topic, um, and this week we're talking about what, guys? We're talking about what kind of industries, what kind of uh, businesses can we borrow marketing ideas from that maybe are parallel to our business or, you know, things, we're, basically, where can we steal stuff from? Darn right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, these big corporations invest millions and millions of dollars on research, on staff. their target market, staff, like test marketing, like focus groups. So they're doing all the heavy lifting for us. So yeah, well, let's just borrow some of those techniques and, you know, they, they put all that effort and time and money into it. So there's got to be something there. So let's, let's borrow it. You know who the biggest real estate uh, company in America is? McDonald's. 
You're, uh, yes, absolutely correct. It's McDonald's. They put so, I mean, in terms of property owned and, and they're always looking. They spend tons and tons of money trying to site new places. And you know what Burger King's strategy is? Wait for McDonald's to put in a place and then they'll buy a spot next door. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Which and, is and, brilliant, right? Yeah. Let yeah. them spend I, all the money. Right. And if you've ever seen, I can't remember what the movie is, but it tells the McDonald's story how the guy. Yeah. Super size. No, not no, that one. The one about no, no, Ray no, Kroc, which was. You're um, right. You're right. Founder? Yeah. Founder was? Yeah, Ray Kroc, oh, how he yeah. basically stole yeah. the. Yeah, that McDonald's and but when he was getting into it, the McDonald's brothers didn't want to sell. So another person, an entrepreneur or something, told him to invest in the real estate. The real estate's where the money is at, and so that's where you know kind of goes along exactly what you said, Michael. Is he Ray Kroc was buying all the real estate and then selling it to the McDonald's crew, and then he pulled the rug out basically from underneath them and bought everything. But yeah, good movie. Yeah, it was. Interesting story, I should say. <laughs> it makes the fly fr- the flies. <laughs> it makes the fries a little less delicious. And the flies, I guess, too. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Yeah. Never lift the bun. The Never the lift the bun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in- interesting yeah. fact, uh, I have never eaten a Big Mac in I my either. life. Okay. Uh, I thought I was kind of like, years. I thought that it's was weird. Yeah. No. Nope. I've never had a Big Mac. <laughs> wow. But the fries, I like the fries. Oh, yeah. Fries are phenomenal, yes. Exactly. <laughs> so speaking of stealing stuff from other people that are, you know, kicking butt in marketing and everything else, I know we went to, when we were at Imaging USA in Atlanta, we went to the uh, Coca-Cola Museum there, and which was pretty cool, by the way. But yes. what great marketing ideas from them, because it's not about – the Coke necessarily, it's not about even the taste a lot, but it was showing how the lifestyle, you know, the friends having fun with each other while they're using their product, you know, while they're drinking it. And I think that's something good to learn too. And we've hit on it many times throughout our podcast that it's the experience, it's the adventure that we give to our clients and our guests that is ultimately, you know, an important part of this. Um, but that's something that I'm learning and still trying to pick up on watching the Coca-Cola uh, lead and uh, something to consider in the scheme of your marketing. One of the best TV spots ever made. Which one yeah. was it? Mean Joe Green. That well, that's up there. Oh, <laughs> I'd like to teach oh, the world to sing. To sing a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, from the seventies. Yeah. Man, that's still that's yeah. still around. I mean, they redid yeah. it even. Yeah, and you know, kind of like the McDonald's thing, and and I was talking with my, ma- my mastermind group the other week about like standing out and being different and looking what everyone is doing in your area and doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. And if you look at Coke, you know, all the things they were doing and then Pepsi came along and said, all right, instead of trying to be like Coke, we're going to be the opposite. It's like the, the, the drink of a new generation and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, watching like the cola wars, I think on discovery or history channel or something, it's really interesting how Pepsi did everything the opposite to to really gather the youth, uh, and, and be this new hip and, and getting, you know, different spokespeople that, you know, Michael Jackson and all that. And, you know, how, Mm -hmm. how even 
Coke then, how they changed their formula then to try and compete with the sweeter taste of Pepsi. Because in a blind taste test, Pepsi would win in flavor, but Coke always won in sales because of their branding and their marketing. Yep. So Coke started to lose some of that market share with Pepsi. So they changed their formula. And, of course, the Coke, you know how that happened. That oh, went yeah. down. Everyone oh, yeah. hated Coke. the new Classic recipe. Coke. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which, yep. which actually backfired. But then because they had scarcity then or they kind of like, oh, what do we do? They relaunched it and it like actually shot up. So they used a, a fatal mistake <laughs> actually and recovered and made did well, which not everyone can do, but. Yeah, and that's that's more overt marketing that people can see. But one of the other things, one of the other aspects of this too, is the channel marketing. And you know, we're getting really deep on that. But why Coke still has dominating sales is because they're really, really tied tied tightly to a lot of the franchises. So oh, you yeah. drive through the drive through. There was a big battle on all the you know the subways and the McDonald's and everything else. Have you ever seen Pepsi at McDonald's? McDonald's and Coke are tied Coke. so tightly together. Yep. And then Pepsi is, you know, whenever a new franchise comes up, they're always trying to undercut pricing on Coke. That's why if you go to a lot of new restaurants or new chains, yep. what do Pepsi they have? Products. Pepsi products. Yep. So that's another way. I mean, it's, a, it's an aspect of marketing that we don't talk about. And I don't know how, how that correlates to what we do, but there might be well, a I mean, nugget in like, there. It's like you're co-oping. It's, it's like when well, Dan talks about... Um, working with one of the clothing stores in the area, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. I mean, co-op with people that are similar. And somebody gave me this idea, and I don't remember if it was on our podcast or just in talking to people in town, but with this whole COVID thing shut down, all our hairstyles, the stylists are shut down too. And so when we were finally able to open, uh, it didn't matter. I mean, we, we, we could open the same time that the hairstylist, that's just the way it worked out in Michigan. But it meant nothing because the hairstylists are so backed up with, right. you know, a waiting list that, you know, no one wants to get their photograph taken until they can have their hair done. And so somebody said, well, you know, you should get together with one of your friends as a stylist and say, hey, um, do my people first and then and work back and forth and give them discounts to go to that stylist from here on in. If, if that's if you end up choosing this person, this this um, stylist as your go to person. Um, we'll give you this percent off and they'll get, do the same thing in their haircuts. I thought co-op, it's a brilliant idea. I mean, corner the market on a, you know, limited supply item. Sure. Yeah. That's, that has nothing tangibly to do with your, your core business, but it, you know, as a it side tangent. Us. Yeah. It oh, affects yeah. us. Same Absolutely. Thing. I'm, you know, all of a sudden I'm doing a ton of headshots because people can get their haircut again, mm -hmm. you know, just all just started to pop up in the last two weeks. Big deal. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So it's amazing how many things tie together. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, and other other I guess ideas and businesses that not so much businesses, but this isn't necessarily taking a, a huge corporation, but since this is the photo happy hour, Ooh. the photo happy hour. <laughs> and we're talking drinks and, and uh bartending and stuff, I want to bring a kind of a color color coloration. I can't say the word. Oh my gosh! You must, <laughs> did you start he's early? Making, I must have started he's early. Up words again. I'm making up words again. Here <laughs> we go. Oh, I got to drink, drink, drink for that one. Right. Hey, here we go. Here. 
Correlation. <laughs> correlation? Is that what we're trying to say? That, that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, Thank it correlates? You. Is that okay? Yeah, it correlates, yeah. So that's our uh, word of the day, folks. Correlation. Word of the day yeah, is <laughs> so bars. And Yay. specifically spring break bars. So I Ooh. had a friend who owned a bar down at Daytona Beach. And when I was around 22, 23 years old, we went down there. And the marketing, I'll never forget it because the marketing I thought was quite genius. And what they did at this bar was to, of course, market during the day, pass out flyers on the beach, had a plane going by like, hey, you know, $20 all you can drink at this bar. So we, we get to the bar and because my buddy owned it, we, there's a huge line out front and the line's growing and growing. So we, we walk and we walk, we get right in, you know, because he owns it. We get inside place is empty like why is there all these people outside and he's like oh we purposely only allow a few people in because you can't see inside so they're creating scarcity it's like hey this must be the hopping place they were handing stuff out we saw the flyers like boom 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 plus it was 20 bucks all you can drink and you know having Whoa. a bunch of college kids in there way too early it's gonna drink you out of business <laughs> that's right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the line kept growing and growing and growing they let a little bit of people in, a little bit of people in, and then, you know, a couple hours before close, I can't remember how it worked, but they would start to gradually add more people in to keep the line, you know, just at the right amount and to have the sales at just the right amount. So it worked beautifully, like the, the scarcity. Wow. And I do something similar in my, my senior stuff where I really advertise that I only photograph 40 seniors a year. And that scarcity really... Like people like always call, do you still have place? Do you still have spots? Like that scarcity helps fill my calendar, you know? So would I shoot more than 40? Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to turn anyone away, but it also helps me to really create scarcity and limit. Now, do I go way over 40? No, I don't. And uh, the, the whole point too is kind of like only 40 seniors in the summer. So that doesn't mean all year long. Like most of my sessions are in the summer, but really, I want to get forty people in the, in the in the summer, and that scarcity does does really help. And I really sell it. I, I say, uh, you know, I only photograph forty seniors a year, so I'm going to create, you know, have unique time with you. I only photograph one senior a day, so I'm not rushing you in and out. Uh, I just put on my Instagram story yesterday, like, well, the storm was coming in. It's like, well, I get this question all the time: What if it rains? What what if it's bad? No worries, we're going to reschedule. I have time allotted because I only photograph one a day where I can get you back in the following week. I have certain sessions saved for that instance as well. Even though I book a month or two in advance, I have leeway in there to get you back in. And that's the beauty of only photographing 40 seniors a year is I want to make it unique. I want to make it an experience, something that's perfect. So, you know, that's one thing I've kind of taken from the spring break days is scarcity. <laughs> well, and, See, and you learned in college. I you even learned in college at, at drinking. Ah. And you can't say that that spring break trip, spring break, break trip, trip was. Man, you think it would have helped you my could, tolerance better? You could, you could, you could write it off now. It's a business expense. Darn right. Yes, yes. I yes. should go back every year. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm business. a little bit old for that. Yeah. Did your buddy still own the bar? <laughs> No, no. Oh, damn. I don't think so. <laughs> but the other cool thing is we went down and we caught the end of bike week and the beginning of spring break. And I'll tell you what, uh, bike week was crazy, but 
spring break was ridiculous. Like, and what I mean by that is it was fun. It was crazy. But everyone was under control because it was an older crowd. Then the spring breakers came in. And, yeah, the yeah. Florida just got trashed. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, out of control. So, you know, they give people like bikers maybe a hard time. But they were much more respectful to yeah. the the area than the, than the drunken college kids were. Yeah, I would probably take <laughs> a, a bunch of bikers over a bunch of college students any day for something like that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And spend more money, too. Well, exactly. <laughs> Quite frankly, I mean, let's think about this. If you can afford a Harley. <laughs> right. Yes. You have more money than a college kid. I guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. tagging back into the thing you were talking about, Dan, the whole you kind of get this whole implied scarcity going on. I, I had that happen last week when somebody called me. Oh, is it too late to get in? And I'm looking at my schedule and like I'm I'm seeing tumbleweeds blowing <laughs> through, you know, because we just reopened. And what's what's my reply to that? Hmm. Okay. Well, well let me look. Um, yeah, I, I got I got something I can do the week of the seventeenth. I could squeeze you in on Tuesday at you know four thirty. Would that work out for you? I could have done any day the week of the seventeenth. Any day. <laughs> But right. don't let people know no how way. slow you are if you're slow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about, quote unquote, lying. It's about <laughs> maybe just kind of plussing things up a little bit and just in how you carry yourself off on things like that. Same kind of thing. Somebody calls up and asks, hey, um, I really would like you to photograph, photograph this kind of thing. Is that something you can do? You've never done it before in your life. Darn right. Absolutely. I can do that. And then what you do, you schedule it a couple of weeks out if you can, and you learn how to do it in those two weeks. That's how I ended up doing a lot of stuff that I've done on my own. Back when I ran my own ad agency, I had a, a big flash video project where I had to do an interactive, back in the days when we did interactive CDs, had to do a big oh, flash yeah. video project. I had no idea how to code in flash. I learned it in a week and did a $10,000 project after that. So, nice. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah, and I I always tend to book my appointments kind of back-to-back for two reasons. One, like you mentioned, like let's say they're going to run over a little bit. Well, another um, – the next appointment comes in. Oh, he's with someone. Yeah, he's he's busy. He's – you know. Mm-hmm. And for two, it helps me <laughs> stay in control of my time because sometimes – or my time is valuable and – Sometimes I talk too much. Sometimes the clients, you can't get them out because they want to keep talking. So it, it helps my schedule move along. Or if I'm working on something and then I have to stop and then do an appointment, then start something up again. And then a few hours later, another appointment. Like that start and stop isn't always good with keeping productive. Right. Uh, so, you know, all those things combined really help uh, with workflow and manage my schedule. And, you know, I do clothing consultations. So I was always doing the clothing consultations right before my next session because, again, they're kind of coming in and out and, and it shows that we're, you know, we're busy. Yeah, I know one person that was at a convention years ago, they, they said that they would, when you had like a paper calendar and people would come in and 
they would like f- have all this stuff written, like all this kind of like fake stuff written and flip it through. I don't know here, <laughs> you know, and then, oh yeah, I can get you in here. And they said it was all just things written that weren't really appointments. <laughs> just like, just oh, jokes is busy. And, yeah, we better you know, grocery get, list. Yeah. Lock it in. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to clean the toilets at 1205. <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah, of which, I, I, I really am regretting uh, getting a 2020 calendar this year, like a, yeah. <laughs> or a planner. I, me too. I got it stuck up here. I stuck it all up here. I'm like, okay, we just wasted like four months out of here. <laughs> you guys, you guys still use paper calendars? Really? I have a whole billboard here so I can see the year all in front of me at oh. once. Yeah. Um, I, I have a dry erase one where I can, I put things in, not my schedule for sessions. It's more my seniors unlocked thing. I, have yeah. everything kind of throughout the year, so I can glance up and and, and see that kind of stuff. It's also like, like a marketing calendar. Is what you're yeah, it's a marketing about. calendar. Yeah, yes. which yeah. that's a good tip for people if you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, plan out your year ahead of time. Now it would have changed this year, obviously, but um, <laughs> exactly. in a typical year, you know, you know, you're doing your headshot promo in January, and you're doing your you know, Easter stuff and Easter stuff Christmas and your stuff boudoir and stuff if you know for Valentine's if you're doing that kind of stuff or you know get or all those promos scheduled. Marketing for seniors or you know all right. that kind of stuff. You know, right? Because as you you know, if you start to market, you have to mark like anything you're booking now is the work you put in a few months ago, mm-hmm. and right. so it's all of a sudden it's like oh no. I need some seniors or my numbers are lower than it used to be. It might be a little bit too late, you know, to, to get that ball rolling. So uh, that's why I also would do my senior model program and stuff. They had to get photographed in June because that's part of the, that imagery goes out. And I, you know, I wasn't really able to do that this year because I usually get my models in like April. <laughs> so I had to pivot on some things. Uh, but there it is. Pivot. There's pivot. The word of the year. Pivot. Wow. Well, there's a lot of words of the year, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are, and we were kind of just discussing this at the beginning before we started recording, but uh, we're kind of a luxury item in the scheme of things. I mean, oh, we're, totally. You know, we were told that we're um, non essential, uh, another word of the year. But in fact, I think I'm going to put that in my the hashtags or whatever my, on my website and stuff essential, <laughs> just because, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, you know, we are a luxury item, and so it's a need more than a want sometimes uh, when it comes to budgets. And so I was looking at luxury cars just for fun, not to buy one, although it would be kind of cool. Uh, but I thought their marketing or their copy on their ads might be something that we can learn from. So I was looking at Porsche ads and uh, on their website. And I, I, there's a whole bunch of things. I mean, if you just go on their website, just scroll down and look at the different cars, the different uh, things that they have to offer and how they word their copy is pretty interesting. But one little takeaway was enjoy the perfect blend of elegance and practicality. So they're giving us a need and a want all in the same phrase, which I think is brilliant. Um, you need to find a way of interacting that into what we do here. But uh I thought that was something really cool to draw off of as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that goes way back. Even um, 
way back when I was in advertising, uh, we would, uh, you know, we'd study some of the greats like David Ogilvy. I don't know if you guys have heard of David Ogilvy, but not. one of the greatest ad men of the, you know, if you, if you watched Mad Men from, you know, that was all set in the 60s and, mm-hmm. and such. That was the time of David Ogilvy. And he wrote the classic line for Rolls Royce that in the copy it said, at 60 miles an hour, the loudest sound in the Rolls Royce Silver Phantom is the clock. It's like, ooh. But, I mean, it, you know, it ties yeah. into the luxury and it sure. ties into the quality and how soundproof they are. And so there's a lot of those kind of details that, similar kind of details that we put into our craft and how we craft our portraits and, and our products and things like that, that, you know, I think if we put that kind of craftsmanship into our marketing and our copy that we write for ourselves, it helps set us apart. True. Yeah, absolutely. And another tip I want to throw out there is just imagery in general. If you're not sure what the trends are or what looks are hot or popular, look at imagery and look at stores that sell clothing that is directly marketed to teens. So like the Buckle, Free People, mm-hmm. you know, American Eagle, things like that. Whenever I go shopping, I'm always looking at the displays, a lot of people don't even notice them, but they have huge wall portraits, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. you know, huge all over, wall you know. or even look online and, you know, take a look at their websites and the way the design is and the, the way the, the imagery is. And that's what all these seniors, at least for me, senior wise, that's what they're looking at. And so when they see an image or if I do an image, create an image that is similar to that subconsciously in their mind, they're like, I like that. They may not know why, you know, same thing with album covers when there used to be a lot of album art, you know, (laughs) you could look at, you know, (laughs) you know, album art and and draw inspiration from that. Uh, You can, you know, you can still do some of that now online movie posters. And if you're, yeah, if you're doing composites and and stuff too, you know, just, yeah, all that stuff. I mean, uh, you could still get some album art if you look, online but it's not as much so so going to these these websites where they're selling you know or even um on instagram the things that are trending you know the whole neon light sunglass thing you know i did that shot like that a couple years ago at at sync and like everyone loved it and and doing the the the, not that I didn't have a lot of neon lights in, in in Green Bay, or they were all like bar signs, which is really good to take a senior to. So right. <laughs> I kind of created the same look that I could do in the studio and have the complete complete control over it. And all the seniors flipped over it um, because they were seeing it uh, trending everywhere on Instagram. They knew right away. Like it surprised me. I thought I don't know if they're going to get it, but they they flipped over it. So. Yeah, draw inspiration from from those things that are the hot, trendy thing, you know. Uh, and I know we talk a lot about trendy and not trendy. Like, yeah, you can create timeless portraits, but also you can do trendy stuff. Like, I always feel like I have two clients as a senior, the parent and the senior, you know. Oh, right. And I'm trying to please both of them. And my pricing caters to both of them because the, the parents want portraits and printable things and the seniors – want digital stuff. So uh, I have it set up purposely that each one has to buy something that helps increase my sale.
Molai may be best known as America's top-rated Godox retailer, but did you know that most of our light modifiers are made exclusively for Molite? Well, at last count, we have 20 different custom Molite brand light modifiers in stock. Our popular Snap line of softboxes are designed to set up and take down quickly while providing beautiful color consistent light when in use. Our unique exo focusing parabolics give pro photographers the critical control they need for commercial and fashion shoots. Our 22 inch silver beauty dish includes a grid, a sock, and a padded shoulder bag. And we deliver all of that at a price that's really hard to beat. Plus, Everything must pass my own personal testing, and I test everything. And I have to admit, I'm pretty picky about my lighting tools. So if it passes my test, then it could become a Molite branded product. High quality, color consistent modifiers that meet my exacting specifications. Choose a Molite brand softbox or other light modifier as your next lighting tool. It might become your favorite tool. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a little bit. The Photo Happy Hour is brought to you in part by Molite and Golden Eagle USA. Golden Eagle provides the best value in color critical LED lighting tools for photographers and videographers alike. Check out the wide array of LED options at the Molite web store at www.gomolite.com. Molite is proud to be the exclusive U.S. distributor of Golden Eagle LEDs. And we're back. So we we're just kind of chatting offline here about, um, you know, maybe some different marketing channels you guys could check out. Because we're all, you know, we're all doing social media and we're all doing, um, you know, something on our website and trying to get people there. But what other things are you doing? And obviously, and maybe not so obviously, one of the hottest trends that has hit in the last couple of years and is growing bigger and bigger and bigger is video incorporating video yeah we're we're portrait photographers and we're still photographers video is kind of where it's at at least for marketing for sure and then so many um photographers or photography studios are adding mark or adding video as part of the product mix too so where are you guys at with video what do you think about video Video killed the radio star. I mean, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> that's right. I mean, look, seriously. <laughs> was that the first video played on MTV? Is that a It was a very, impression? by the Buggles. That's it, yes. One Hit Wonders, yes. the Buggles. One Hit Wonders. Wow. Drink, drink to that. There's, there's yeah, your... there's like some <laughs> abstract kind of news there. The Buggles are probably all in their 70s now, too. So. It's your pop culture uh, reference of the... The thing of the day so of the all podcast. All kinds of information. All kinds all, of information. All kinds of useless knowledge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but no, video, yeah, video is huge. And you even look at social media, Instagram, Facebook, they are with their Facebook Live and Instagram TV, like all that. They control the logarithm. So you notice mm -hmm. that they are pushing video more. And the reason why I think they are pushing video more is because they're trying to pull people off of YouTube. Mm -hmm. YouTube is the number two search engine search engine in the in the world, like Google and then YouTube. That's a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, 
might want to fact check that. I don't know for sure. No, but. <laughs> no I, I, I do believe that is true. I think it's more than Bing. Yeah, and well, so they're still around. I don't know. Yeah. Anybody still using Alta Vista? Alta Vista. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I still have my MySpace page booked in Alta Vista. <laughs> Dude, I still got beta tapes, so I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, I looked up my MySpace page like about a year ago. It's still there. Oh wow! Yeah, Ooh. that still exists. Well, it did a year ago because somebody was talking wow. about. I was like, you know, just for grins and giggles, I look it up. Oh my god, it's still there. <laughs> I don't even know how. I'd, I don't even remember how to look it up. Tell you the truth, I have no idea. What it's my probably passcode myspace.com. Yeah, but it would have been my old email address. It doesn't. It isn't valid anymore. Oh right? sure, sure. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I think you're right, Dan. I think that's a huge part of it. The other part of it is with photos, people can scroll by them with video with something moving. It gets people to stop and, and it gets them to engage longer. You know, and that's good for the medium. It's good for Facebook. It's good for Instagram, whatever, because people are spending more time there and becoming more tied to that particular social media. But it's also better for you as somebody who's using video because it gets somebody to spend more time and interact with your content than with the photo. They look at the photo and they either they like it or they don't. I like it. Okay, I'm going to put a heart on it. Move on. Or, oh, there's three photos here. Swipe, swipe, swipe. Oh, that one's the color. That one's a different filter. That one's the black and white. Oh, which one do I like? Okay, maybe they spend a little bit more time. Put the video there, and it's 15 seconds, 30 seconds. They spend time. That's one of the reasons why I think TikTok has taken off, too, because it's just, you know, some of it's mindless entertainment, but it's motion, and that that actually ties into our this is psychology um, tests on this and research on this. It ties into our inner caveman. It, seriously, it ties into our because inner caveman, uh, our ancestors sat around the fire with the flickering flames and were transfixed by watching that for hours and hours and hours. We still do that. What are you talking about? That's what I mean. Yeah, we still do that. And and TV is also um, our high tech replacement, and video is our high tech replacement for watching the watching the flickering flames. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I just brought that up last weekend because we were camping and uh, some friends were there with their like seven and nine year old girls and we're sitting around the fire and they're like, what's the Wi-Fi password? We got to watch our iPads. I'm like, it's right there. Look at that fire right there. There's there's the iPad of my day. (laughs) 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 So it's funny you bring that up, but. Yeah, I mean, video video is huge. You brought TikTok up, which I'm glad you did because a lot of people are jumping on the TikTok bandwagon, and I'm I'm okay with that. But this is I want to warn everyone out there: it's easy to jump from platform to platform to platform and always chasing, chasing, chasing. Mm-hmm. The problem is, or I shouldn't say the problem, but if you do that, I don't have a problem. But you're as a business owner, you have a lot of irons in the fire, and if you're only going to do a little bit on Instagram, a little bit on TikTok, a little bit here, a little bit there, and not do any of it good well, or consistent, yeah, mm-hmm. then don't. Like, if you're going to go in on TikTok, go all in on TikTok, you know? But if you're going to try and jump from platform, 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 you know? Or if you've built this huge following already on Instagram, why are you going to jump to TikTok right. just because, like, the teens are on there, you know? And I'm all for, like, following where the teens are, but don't be such a quick... Don't be so quick to, to to jump there and lose what you know, or don't, don't, or don't throw do the baby out. out with the bathwater. There you go. What was that? There you go. Yeah, that's a high tech <laughs> reference. That's a high right tech there. reference. High tech yeah. reference. 
Absolutely. No, a lot of wisdom in that because I see people do that all the time. I see them do that with their marketing. They'll jump from one to one to another to another to another and not do any of them well. I see them do that with their with trying to find a style. They'll try this type of photography and try this type and they'll try this style. Find something that's you, something that you know fits you and just do it well. For me, Snapchat, don't get it. I mean, I get it. I know what it is. I don't get it, though, for me. So I'm not, I don't do Snapchat. I've got I've got my name reserved in Snapchat in case something should ever change. Great. TikTok, no. Instagram, yeah. Facebook, yeah. Twitter, no. I'm not a Twitter person. I've got my Hootsuite set up to take my Facebook or Instagram posts and put them out to Twitter. I don't, I can't think of the last time I actually wrote a tweet. Actually, you know what? I, I do remember the last time I wrote a tweet. You guys remember this? <laughs> I do. It was, when, it was a Packer uh, reference, right? No, no. It was oh. um, actually when I was having problems with the uh, the PPP loan. Oh, you know? oh yes. Yeah, yes, and yes. I wasn't getting a response, so I called them out. The Cabbage, I think, is where I did my PPP loan through, and and I called them out on Twitter because I wasn't getting any response to email or phone calls. And like in 30 minutes... Hey, saw that. Uh, can I help you out? We had, a, we had by by about an hour after I tweeted, everything was solved. So that's what Twitter is to me. It's customer service. It's customer. It's my customer complaint department. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And and video coming back to video, like every year for like the last oh gosh i don't know let's say five years is probably longer than that i'm like i'm gonna incorporate more video i'm gonna incorporate more video i buy video cameras i buy gopros i different software yeah it's like and it, i i start out strong and woo, it fizzles you know and even this year i'm like i'm gonna hire a video intern or just hire someone to shoot video along with me I, you know i put it out there a few times i had one person that had a lead on it and then they it kind of fell through uh, but I've been doing video with Animoto, which is not exactly what I want, but it it's quick and it's easy and it gets done. You know, you can put short little video clips in there. Uh, we do Instagram stories where there's video and boomerang. So it's, it, it satisfies that need of that interaction and that instant gratification as well that seniors like. So, you know, I guess what I'm saying with that is as much as I want it more polished, um, done is better than none right. so yeah just do something <laughs> if it's just on your phone if it's whatever and kids are used to consuming things that isn't highly polished uh, in, in another great book to read is like marketing the gen z so that book is great because it, it talks about the short attention span and how you know it the more polished it is it looks more like an ad so right. That you know, they've been hit. Seniors have been hit with so many ads over and over and over again, more than we have in our lifetime <laughs> at our age, mm-hmm. and so they just are quick to t- tune that out. So we have the benefit as photographers to do video, to do imagery, and to show, show, show behind the scenes the experience, the imagery. We don't have to say save twenty dollars or save two hundred dollars. That doesn't do anything to book a session for seniors. But showing imagery, imagery, imagery. Guess what? Even if you don't put a website down, they're going to find – they're smart enough to figure that all out and find you within seconds. So, mm-hmm. Scary. Michael, who was it 
that we judged with in Texas last year with Chris's group at West Texas that was telling us about how she does the video. Leslie something or I can't remember her. Shelly, Shelly something. I'm losing I it. I don't remember. But she had it nailed down. I mean, she, I mean, they were doing stuff oh. like like you're hoping to do, Dan, you know, <laughs> um, following man, all the time. And I can't pull up her name right now. She's in Kentucky. I think so, yeah. But um, she actually went further than just like behind the scenes stuff and had actual like interview questions for the for the kids and one of them was i remember one of them was something about um what can you say to your mom and dad for what they did for you to get to this point or something like that yeah yeah and it was like instant sale you know when that kid from their heart just poured out what you know how you know from themselves what off the cuff even you know what it meant for mom and dad to do what they did for them throughout the years to get them through high school um i guarantee you h mom and dad were going i don't care how much it is just i'm put buying me down that for video it. i'll yeah. just put it on the credit card i'll put it on two if i have to whatever i guarantee you they were buying that stuff because there was hitting the heartstrings it was hitting all the buttons all at once but i and i can't remember her name it's driving i, me I remember but, uh, i just had to give me a second it was suzanne deaton Oh, there you go. There yep. you go. Yep. Okay. She's from uh, Eastern Kentucky. And, but brilliant stuff that they were putting together. And uh, what a, what a way of incorporating video in along with our stills and our experience uh, and an added experience within it. It was a pretty, pretty awesome thought process they had going on there. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually just ordered the Sony ZV-1. Have you guys seen that? Is there like their no. smaller car? <laughs> no, yeah, I wish. Okay. Um, but it's a small, it's their new release. It's a small little it's camera that's really made for vloggers because, you know, unlike our Sony's, the actual screen will flip out and you can see it. And it's actually got the integrated, um, what's it called? Uh, the, the handle you can put it on so it doesn't bounce around you know what i mean oh, <laughs> yeah. oh like, like a gimbal gimbal thank gimbal. you man i'm having a hard time with words today it's all day <laughs> it's long it's not, not a good day for wine. a podcast because i can't come up with anything today but it's got that <laughs> and integrated microphone and um Ooh. but it'll still do hdmi out and all that kind of stuff nice. so um and pretty small so that's what i was planning to use for um for taking out on sessions and doing that kind of stuff and doing interviews like you're talking about, Carl. And yeah. that was, that's one of the big plans for this year. Okay. We're making a pact. We're going to do video this yes, year. Yes. It's like <laughs> yeah. we said last year. Just and like awesome. we said the year before. <laughs> I, you know, I bought so many microphones. I mean, geez, I probably have 20 different uh -huh. microphones. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that microphone's good enough for this. We're going to, we'll get a new one. Don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody wants to buy a microphone, just call Michael. Just call yeah, Michael. Yeah. yeah. Video cameras, yeah. microphones, everything else. So, <laughs> you know, one of the biggest trends, um, I was doing a little research on this, guys. One of the biggest trends in marketing now is podcasts, doing podcasting. Okay. Yeah. Um, the average American spends 17 hours a week either listening to podcasts, online radio shows, shows or audiobooks. Oh, All those three life. together. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> there are 15 million more weekly podcast listeners this past year than the year before. Wow. So, wow. hey, we're, we're on the cusp of things. We're like yeah. astronauts. 
<laughs> or like we could be like like Lewis and Clark, you know. We're like exploring. Or you keep territory. going further back. <laughs> we can be about like that. No, we don't want to be like that Columbus guy because he was uh, an asshole and they tore, up, tore yeah, all of his yeah. statues down. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to turn all kinds of statues down those. Did you see where um, there's a there's actually a petition in Columbus, Ohio, to rename the city Flavortown. Flavortown. <laughs> they want to get rid of the name Columbus and turn it into Flavortown. But where did Flavortown come from? Uh, Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. Yeah. Yeah. He's oh, he's from Columbus. Okay, which all right. He's yeah. not from Columbus. He's from California. And they said he's from Columbus. That's why they're doing Flavortown. He's born wow. there. He's he probably lived in California and started off his restaurants out there, but he was born oh. in Columbus. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. And then he had dark hair when he was in Columbus when he moved out to California. So he got the, <laughs> well, it's the sun. Spike. He was all the sun. The sun. Play, you know, reached it. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Well, speaking of restaurants <laughs> oh. and marketing, you know, what yeah. kind of things, you know, can we take from marketing from restaurants? Olive Garden. Menus Just like family menus. There yeah. you go. Menus. That, I switched to that a couple of years ago. People asked me for my brochure. I don't have brochures. I have a menu, the menu. and the yep. menu does not leave the studio and right. it's printed on. It's basically a hardcover book. Yep. Very, very nice. It's thick pages and you turn, you look at it and that says, that says, you know, value. It says it can, there's a connotation of expensive and that's okay. I don't want anybody to look at anything I do and go, well, that was cheap. Right? It, it, exactly. And and so when you, yeah, when you go into a fancy restaurant and you have a nice menu, it's not a laminated thing that's got, you know, the lunch still on it from the lunch special, you know, the chili there sitting there, you know. Or the, or like, the, <laughs> the coloring, you know, placemat. Yeah. yeah. Hey, don't knock the coloring thing. I like that. I hated that when they only give you one color. It's like, what am I going to do oh, with green? <laughs> you got to press harder or softer. You feather it in. You feather it in. <laughs> Shade it, man. Shade it. <laughs> Shade it. Yeah. You know, restaurants um, with the menus or like. Uh, you know, some of the high-end steak places, they, you know, I don't know how well this works for me, but it must work well where they cart out the yes the raw meat on plates, you yes. know, and it's wrapped yeah. and they're like, here's a T-bone, here's a tomahawk or ribeye, you know. They call you lobster, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but it's, you know, it is displaying. So when we have albums and people can see it and touch it and feel it, there's there's more value there. There's different modalities that everyone associates to with, you know, touch, scent, noise, like all those things right. attract different people have different attractions that like turn on their buying habits. So trying hitting all those elements, which a restaurant does, they have the, you know, the, the cool decor, the fancy menu the of course, you know, the smells and everything. Um, yeah. And same thing with wine tasting, you know, going Steffi and I, we've done a lot of like trips to California and wine country and, oh, you eat this particular food with this wine and it brings out these flavors. And it's like, this is really, and it's like, oh yeah, this does taste does. better. And yeah. Yep. Wine pairing. You lick yeah. this toad and you drink this tequila and you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's in Mexico. Oh, wait, that, was yes. a that was a different trip. I'm sorry. It was a different trip. That was quite a trip as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. It was the south end of a northbound donkey actually. I, I <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, different yeah. story. Anyhow. Sorry. Well, so, 
I can go on and on with that. Speaking of Mexico, so another marketing, <laughs> more marketing. So if you've ever been to Mexico and you sit on the beach and it's, you know, the, the vendors walk by and they're trying to sell different things and you just kind of, they walk by, they walk by and some of them whistle, some of that. But I've always noticed like, all of a sudden you see someone that stands out, right? There's hundreds of people walking by that beach. All of a sudden you see a guy with like, must have like 30 to 40 like cowboy hats on top oh, of his head, yes. you yeah, know? Yeah. And then he's got this like, this like Spider-Man little parasail thing. It's like a kite and the, the, the wind coming off the, the ocean, you know, and he's got that and he's flipping it and he's walking and it's like, whoa, he like totally caught my attention. I'm like, I'm going to buy from that guy, you know? <laughs> He's just like fishing, man. You got to throw yeah. a shiny lure up there in front of Right, fish. right. It's pe- peacocking. <laughs> yeah. I was in uh, New Orleans years ago and down in, you ever gone around Jackson Square down there and they have mm-hmm. people who will read your palm and do tarot cards and things like that. And I was down There's there on business. Do a whole lot of, well, never mind. They do all kinds of stuff there, yeah. But yeah. so I wanted to get my palm read, and there was tons of them, and they had like little tents and little booths and things like that. And I'm like, you know, and I was with a, co- a colleague, and she's like, "Well, what are you looking for?" It's like I got to find the right one. So you walk and you look, and like, yeah, no, I found this guy who had to be about 400 pounds, and he was wrapped in like all this different colored silks that were like fuchsia and green, and yellow and purples and things. He had a, he had a big turban with all these jewels on it. It's like that dude. I mean, he could have been from Columbus, Ohio, for all I know, but that's, that's the dude that's going to read my palm. And uh, you know what? The two main things he told me came true. COVID. Ooh. The three main things that he told me. <laughs> In 2020. <laughs> but there is some wisdom to standing out even sometimes standing out for possibly even the wrong reason because you'll stand out you'll draw some attention you'd like to stand out for the right reason obviously but the guy with the funny <laughs> cowboy hats yeah he stood out and and the, i think we talked about this like the sardine can where i worked at before too how the wall would move and it was always packed yeah. and 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 the, the owner of sardine can got that idea from there was a bar in Cabo called the Elbow Room, and it, it was just this little, tiny little bar. All it was was, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was a bar, and there was enough room behind the bar for one bartender, and the front of the bar were two bar stools. <laughs> and everybody, it was like this mob of people out there. Everybody wanted to be in this, and it was I'm all filtered up into the street because they wanted to be, you know, on those two bar stools. And it just, like, was a unique thing that that people want to be a part of. So try and do that in your businesses. Try and find ways to be unique and stand out because the competition's only getting like more intensified. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, with, with everything's out there, with there's so many different photographers, most people are going to go to the least expensive route right. unless you can show why you're different, you know, and all these little elements help to justify your costs and you don't need to be everybody's photographer you just need to be the photographer for the right part of the marketplace that's going to value your work and pay you enough to make it worthwhile for you to be in business you know i i realize i'm probably the photographer for less than five percent of the marketplace here 
that's fine. That's all I need. You know, mm-hmm. I've got a big enough market. Right. Look at all the high schools and the amount of seniors that, you know, are in there. So it's like if you can just get a small percentage of that or kind of go in what Carl said, you know, luxury vehicles, well, well they purposely don't want to market to everyone. Oh, right. <laughs> you, know? you know, they don't want everyone to have their vehicle. They want the people who can afford it. Story tied it. into that. I put on a, a polo, a polo polo um, the other day and I think it's shrunk. I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> but my wife was saying, it's like, wow, you know, an expensive shirt like that, you think it would fit better. And I was like, no, no, here's the deal. They don't want me wearing it. They don't want an old fat guy wearing this. Same kind of thing with like stuff from the buckle or any place like that. They don't want overweight old guys wearing it because it does not help their brand. So things tend to be um, very trim cut. You know, and aren't built to, or aren't carried in sizes for dudes like me, which makes me sad. <laughs> so I just have to put on my moo moo and be happy. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. So yeah, many many years ago, um, when Abercrombie and Fitch was the big thing, you know, and I was much younger, and we went to the Mall of America and they had these huge, you know, AF stores, and we were in there like buying stuff, and I had a buddy who was a football player big big dude he's like what the heck nothing fits me in here you know he's like this is an extra large he like picks it up you know and i would be like you know wearing a large or extra large you know i'm like yeah what the heck we we were a lot younger at that time but yeah we realized later that they want uh especially abercrombie then with their advertising campaign with it was weird because their advertising campaign with people with no clothes on, and yet they were selling clothes. Which <laughs> right. Was, yeah. <laughs> Put a yeah, shirt like, on. <laughs> yeah. What? Come to Abercrombie and get this shirt, but your all your models are shirtless. <laughs> but he's hanging. He's holding yeah. on to the shirt. He's holding on to <laughs> sure. shirt. Yeah. Just but they wanted needs a shirt. <laughs> yeah, their brand they was needed one thing again. <laughs> needed one thing. Yeah. yeah. They, their brand was a show um, an athletic trim person, and mm-hmm. if you didn't. Fit that they didn't even make it for you, uh, so yeah, I know that story well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, I learned some of this from a, an old buddy of mine, uh, John O'Donnell, who started. If you've ever heard of Johnny O, is a brand. It's a California brand that's got like a polo guy, but it's a surfer guy. So it's a clothing brand that he started out there. And um, after he started up, I said, you know, I got a hold of him. He's like, hey man, you know, I think I need a shirt. And he's like. Hey, he's like, you know, what size are you wearing now? It's like, I don't know, like XL. And it's like, I gotta be honest, I don't think I got anything that fits. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, honestly, we're geared towards the same kind of thing. We're geared towards younger, trimmer, fit, and that's everything we've got is really trim fit. So I love you, Mo, but uh, I don't think I have a shirt for you. <laughs> I'm like, son of a, son of a. Let's, uh, how about one closer to our industry? Hasselblad cameras. Sure. Remember those for all of us that still used around. to film? Yeah, yep. still around. But even back in the day when I was film uh, and a lot of film, I never got a brochure from Hasselblad. But my friend, who's a dentist, <laughs> he got a brochure mailing every month <laughs> from Hasselblad. <laughs> and he actually bought a Hasselblad, you know, because it was a luxury item. 
mm-hmm. but they targeted. So it's something we really haven't really talked about too much yet about, but target, you know, finding your absolute target market and, and narrow it down to immense proportions. But um, they were marketing to dentists and lawyers and doctors and people that quote unquote had money, uh, discretionary income to spend on their high quality luxury item of a camera. They didn't care about professional photographers. They give, it's a small part of the market. And uh, I know Kodak was part was that way too. And I was part of the Kodak team. And we sat in on business meetings twice a year. It was kind of interesting. But uh, one of the things that they pushed towards the end of our, our position there uh, was that they were trying to go consumer, all consumer. And they kind of shied away from the professional market. And we were all like, why are you telling us this? We're the professional market. They right. said, no offense, guys, but you are way less than 1% of our, our, our marketing field. I mean, that's, we, we just, everything is consumer grade. There's bazillions more people sure. buying consumer grade cameras than professional cameras. And I'm like, okay, it makes sense. I mean, I get it. Um, but luxury versus, you know, want versus need. And then the other, on the other end of it, this, the business, you know, who are you going to sell that to? Who has both the need and the want and the means? That's the thing. We need to have. We need to find the people that we can coax them into the want, coerce them into the need, mm-hmm. and then. But we're only doing that for people that we know have the means to do it. Speaking of dentists, I think there's a good analogy here too because I had some dental work done last week, and um, you know. I think the analogy to us is sometimes, especially for headshots, people come in because they have to. It's kind of like they go to the dentist because they have to get a cleaning. They don't want to have a headshot done. So what do you do? You have to make, you know, we've talked about this multiple times, but you have to make it a great experience. Mm -hmm. I had to have a crown replaced last week because I had a crown crack. Not a lot of fun. But the dentist I go to, I can tell that not only does is she very, very competent, but she cares, and she's always very communicative, too. So she's always saying what she's going to do next in a very pleasant voice and very calm, soothing voice. So as bad as a dentist appointment can be, especially if you're going to have somebody prying around your mouth for two hours, they made it as, I don't want to say pleasurable as they could, but they made it as you know, calming and soothing as they possibly could in that situation. Whereas you could have gone to another dentist who was very clinical and very, you know, very just to get this done and had the same caliber of work done, but not leave feeling good about the experience. Sure. So inside manner. Absolutely. So parting shots? Parting shots. Well, I would say you don't just follow and your industry or industries that are similar to what you're doing, follow their marketing, follow their social media channels, look at the imagery they're putting out, the messaging they're putting out, and see how you can make that kind of combined with what you're doing and do some of the same tactics. And and on that note, uh, just so we don't confuse, uh, I'm not saying copy what they're doing, be inspired by what they're doing. Right. Um, don't use somebody else's slogan. No. Uh, or something like that, <laughs> no. but, you know, uh, or directly out of their copy. But 
be inspired by it and, and use the same kind of ideas, I think is a better message to send to everybody. Absolutely. And that, that's going to tie into that for my parting shot is brand emulation. Find the brands that you feel really emulate or are very similar to the way you feel about your brand and see what they're doing and the tone that they're using and the colors they're using and the imagery they're using. When I redesigned my logo back in, I want to say 2004 or somewhere around there, I wanted to feel like a, kind of like a high-end makeup kind of uh, like you would go into Macy's and go to the makeup counter. This is the logo that you would see on some of the products. You know, the the colors I chose, the font I chose, and, and how I how I put it all together, that was the look I was looking for. And also tied into how I was uh, set up my selling for for portraits too because I was doing gift with purchase, which, you know, any of the women out there listening, if you go to like the Clinique bonus counter or the Clinique counter at Macy's, you know, you buy this cream and this this lotion, you get this tote bag for free. I was doing a very similar thing with, with my marketing and selling for portraits. You know, if you invest a certain amount or buy this product, you can get these other things for free. So um, it was it was kind of creating a correlation. There's your word, Dan. Um, yes. To things that they to, to things that they experience in other parts of their life. So then they then they have a kind of like a, a deep rooted tie for for your brand back to other things that they've experienced that are similar and have been good brand experiences for them too. So think of brand emulation. All right, so. Um, those are our parting shots. We always have a sponsor every week. Well, we didn't have one last week because I forgot. But <laughs> <laughs> this week's episode has been brought to you by, guess who? Mad Dog 2020. MD 2020. It's the official drink of the year. We all know <laughs> yes. why. Yes. We all know why. <laughs> so cheers. that's all we got. Uh, cheers to you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Folks. Last call. You've been listening to the Photo Happy Hour podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to not miss a single action-packed episode. And join our Photo Happy Hour Facebook group where we'll post links to the stuff we all talk about. You can find my Molite gear online at www.gomolite.com. That's G-O-M-O-L-I-G-H-T.com. You can find the Facebook page under Molite Store, and I also run the Godox Flash Help Group on Facebook. You can find Dan's Senior Unlocked website at www.seniorsunlocked.com. That's seniors with an S at the end, unlocked.com, and the Facebook group under Seniors Unlocked. And you can find Carl's Coaching Corner at www.ccphotocoach.com. ccphotocoach.com. Till next time, cheers to you. If you have enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give this fellowship the highest possible rating. Do so with great haste. Fly, you fools!